We are so excited to be joined by today's guest pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays, Jay Jackson. Welcome to the walk-off, buddy. Thanks so much for taking the time. Oh, no problem. Glad to be here. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Too bad yeah, I'm not man. in Toronto you're, with the boys, but yeah, you're chilling. You're to. chilling on the deck there. You look good. You look comfortable. <laughs> well, as comfortable as I can be. You know, I wish I was up there with the boys, but handling some family stuff here first. But yeah, uh, comfortable as I can be. Well, I mean, family first is an important kind of mantra. And before we kind of get into baseball talk and and that stuff, like I mentioned, we have a bunch of listener questions. And one of the ones that came up the most, in fact, by far the most is, uh, how's your wife and JR doing, buddy? The wifey's, I mean, like I said, she's Wonder Woman. Uh, she's the one that's here dealing with all the info and seeing JR every day. But, you know, yesterday was a good day again. So he's trending in the right direction still. He actually got taken off a lot of um, IVs and medicine that he was on. So it was kind of good for me to come home. And the doctor said it was probably good for me to come home, too, just to make sure that he stays stable throughout that process. Because taking him off those things can have his numbers just in body just up and down and everything else. So they're doing good right now. It's just, again, a day by day process. But they're both doing well right now. It's just, you know, I, I know it's a little harder for her, but. I'm glad that she's she's taking it as well as she is right now. Well, we're so glad to hear that, man. I know most of the fan base is aware that your son was born four months premature. I know Mike Wilner of the Toronto Star wrote a great article on it, kind of yeah, detailing, detailing the last month or two of your life. I can imagine when you're there in the hospital and you're seeing everything that's going on and the technology and stuff. Is it a little mind blowing? Like just the fact that they're managing to do what they're doing. It's unbelievable with the, you know, the new advancements in science and technology and everything and seeing what's going on and seeing how the nurses and doctors are handling him and how like he's getting better and pretty much growing inside there. Like he would be if he was inside my wife, my fiance mm -hmm. right now. But um, it's, I mean, I just, I'm thankful for it mainly you know i'm thankful and grateful for it that you know we have the technology and ability to do things that we are able to do right now so that i see it and i don't have to fret as much i don't have to you know panic as much i can kind of feel a sense of calm and be like okay like they're telling me what's going on these is, this is exactly what's going on we can see what's going on so it's it's nice to have that for sure but it is mind-blowing well, we're really glad to hear that things are progressing in the right way, man. And of course, uh, thoughts and prayers out to the family and uh, progress is going to keep being made, man. I, you, you can just feel it. So we'll talk a little baseball now. Uh, my wife and I were actually very fortunate that we got to be in L.A. last week and watch that Jays and Dodgers series, buddy. And you had like just a mind blowing moment where you came out in the ninth and then again in the 10th pitch scoreless innings you got the win was that the biggest moment of the year for you i mean so far i think the biggest moment will be when we win the world series later <laughs> on so, um right now this that was probably the biggest moment of the year for, for sure it, it's probably the second biggest moment biggest moment is probably the day jr was born and i was in chicago for the double header and i got the win that day but um, this is probably the second one. I was telling the guys, like, I love pitching against the Dodgers anyway, especially being a former Giant and, doing, and seeing yeah. that rivalry up close in person. But I love pitching against the Dodgers, just their great lineup, and love pitching against Mookie and Freddie and those guys. And 
you know, just helping the guys get a big win right there. I mean, that that win, I think, you know, it helped us, you know, just have some more confidence and get on a little get on a little streak for a little bit. So just helping the guys out and being there is just, you know, that's that's the bigger moments. Just as long as I can be there and help us just, like I say, get over the hump and try to get this championship. As long as I'm doing that, they're all going to be huge moments, I hope. How do you handle a big moment like that? Like, do you have a routine for quieting your brain? Because I know my brain in a, in a situation like that would be very noisy and tough to deal with. Like, do you have tricks to quieting it down and focusing in on the moment? Or do you just ride the wave? <laughs> You kind of just, I mean, I've been doing it for a while now, so I've had moments and you live and you learn through different moments. I mean, I failed at a lot of them. I've been good in a few of them, you know, so they all go hand in hand. I think just from the experience of going through those moments and just ultimately uh, it's trusting yourself. I think at the end of the day, you know, I've, again, I've been doing this so long that I feel like if, as long as I make my pitches, good things are going to happen. You know, bad things are going to happen sometimes, but good things are going to happen more times than not just with the averages of baseball and just, you know, the fact that I've been doing and seeing the good and bad of what could happen. I see that a lot <laughs> more good's going to happen when I make my pitches <laughs> than when I don't. So, you know, you just go out there and try to trust yourself and see what happens. And like I said, luckily, like things went my way and we got a lot of like soft contacts and strikeouts and got out of there. We won the game. And like I said, winning a game against, I guess a team like that is huge. So I'm just fortunate. Especially in the atmosphere that is Dodger stadium. I know it was, it was my first time there and man, it has some magic to that place. Just like a classic feel that a lot of other stadiums don't have. Do you have a favorite big league stadium? Um, I don't know. I haven't been to all of them yet. I mm. think the first I, I went to the old Turner field back in the day when I was growing up, that was, that was obviously one of the, and then, um, when I was in little league, we went and played in the Cooperstown, like little majors tournament up in New York with uh, one of my like teams that I played with. And during that week, we actually went to Fenway park. So I got wow. to see Fenway. So that's one of my first stadiums I ever got to saw, see too. And then it got drafted by the Cubs. So got to go see Wrigley. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, the Brewer Stadium. Those stadiums are there. different, eh? Like those they, are they are. stadiums. <laughs> they hit different. The newer stadiums. Uh, just going to T-Mobile was, that was an unbelievable stadium. Rogers Center is obviously great. It's a good, great place to be. But I think probably my top two has got to be it's got to be Oracle. Yeah, Oracle. The Giants. Beautiful. That's that. Yeah, and plus, I mean, and you got Beyonce's, to call it your home park, which is cool. I got to call it my home park. Uh, it was my fiance's favorite team coming up, like as she was growing up. So you know, nice. just a lot of stuff. And then, like I said, we won the NL West. Dodgers Giants rivalry that year like it, was, <laughs> yeah. it was like a lot of things about that park have some good memories to them for me so I'd say that's probably in my top two or three as well so I think the biggest news for the Jays the last couple of days is the addition of Jordan Hicks to the bullpen and, and Paul DeYoung to the infield and and you've been the new face in plenty of clubhouses in your experience, what is the dynamic like in a clubhouse when new pieces are added mid-season? 
it's a sense of we're doing this to get better normally. Um, unless you're a team that's selling and whatnot, then you're like, okay, like hopefully <laughs> I don't leave or maybe I go to a better team or we're getting pieces in to build around me and a couple other guys to try to make this thing better so they like me here too. But it's generally always like a positive experience because you're bringing pieces in to try to achieve the ultimate goal, which is win a championship. A lot of times you see front offices, they'll talk to guys too and see kind of how they feel about certain players throughout the process. Be like, okay, this is going to be a good fit or not. Like see how guys like even take the, take the news that we, the rumors that we might be getting a certain person and the guys are like, nah, I don't know how he's going to fit here. And then you see they shift over to other guys and things of that nature. But normally it's a good thing. You just really want those guys to feel accepted because if they're, feeling accepted they give you your, their best efforts and if they're giving your best efforts then it contributes to hopefully more wins you know what i'm saying we get jordan hicks if he's happy and he's playing well i mean what there, there's not one there's only a handful of guys that are truly better than him in the back end of a bullpen you know what i mean so and then paul paul's been a quality infielder for a number of years he's hit some long home runs off me throughout the day so i'm glad he's <laughs> on this side now instead of the other one um, but you know, and then Genesis, Genesis yeah. fit right into our bullpen has been lights out. You know, he had a rough one last night, but it's been lights out and just making those guys feel comfortable and confident that, you know, they come in, get the job done. It's going to be a good atmosphere for them. Then we win games. And as we won in games, like I said, we won a championship. We won a championship. We're happy. Whole city's happy. Country's happy at that, you know. What I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, so that's ultimately what we're trying to do is make these guys feel welcome, where they're going to come give us their best efforts, and just you know, we give them ours too. So it's just a it's like a love love relationship, you know. What I mean? Games like last night happen. Oh, what 100%. is the best way to deal with that? I, I'm guessing you just everyone in that clubhouse just flushes it and forgets it like <laughs> you have to it's just a matter of just playing good baseball at this point especially this late in the year starting the second half and just playing good baseball against the teams that we need to play good baseball against we might not win every game we might lose a lot but playing good baseball showing that we're competitive is just the main thing as long as we play our game and keep you know grinding away doing things that we're mm -hmm. gonna do then you have to flush the losses out because, I mean, you try to stay as even as you can. Like, losses are going to happen. You're going to get your butt whooped, but hopefully you're playing good baseball while you get your butt whooped. If you don't, you look back, you make some adjustments and learn from what you did wrong and then go to the next day. I mean, if you hold on to a loss in a baseball season, we play 162 games. I mean, <laughs> there's a chance you're going to lose a lot of games. And if you hold on to every loss, then as you go on, it's 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 going to snowball. I've seen that happen to a few teams where you hold on to a loss or hold on to a bad loss. It splinters the locker room, and then you snowball. Where you know you have a lot of veteran guys on this team that enjoy being around each other. Where we have a loss, you flush it, go back and play some good baseball, get some more wins. You know things happen. I mean, it, it's going to be a little different. We we've lost a couple of guys to some injuries that you know help fortify our team that give us good energy and you know help us win you lose those guys it takes a little air out of your cell and deflates you a little bit so it's just getting back to where we need to get to and playing some good baseball and just taking that blip off the screen last night and going forward I know you kind of touched on it and and you've been on both sides of it but what is it like to go through a trade deadline and then at the end of the deadline 
still have everyone that was on the roster on the roster and, and, you know, have a few uh, pieces added to, to bolster things. Uh, is there a sigh of relief a little bit? Like, were there guys that maybe were on the bubble of like, oh, oh, man, I hope I'm still here. <laughs> no, I mean, hundred percent. Like if you have a club like we have right now, where you see the energy and the feel and like how everybody's vibing together, you don't want to leave this, you know? I mean, I'm pretty sure I've, at some times during this whole process felt like I possibly was on the fence to get shipped out of here. Some that something better comes along. I mean, and as a baseball player, you don't want to see that happen, but on the business side of it too, you're like, all right, I understand it because they're trying to make them better. And if they feel like I'm going to give them, they're going to get something better in return to help make their product better. I mean, it's understandable, but yeah, it's definitely a little bit of a sigh of relief when you're still there, especially if you're in a place where you feel comfortable and happy and you feel like you're doing a good job and contributing. Like, you definitely, definitely want to be there. You feel a sigh of relief when it's all said and done. And you look at our team now and that we bolstered our team to a good degree and you feel good about it. So... It's uh, it's pretty tough not to cheer for you, Jay. I mean, you have a level of perseverance that you have kind of shown throughout your career that not not everybody has in them. I know uh, positivity plays a big part in in your game. I'd love to hear about your day to day thought process, though, because you've you put together a, a heck of a season and I, it's kind of mirrored. This season has kind of mirrored your career. And I mean that with the utmost respect, just that there's been some ups and downs throughout this thing to get to the point where you're a trusted member of the bullpen. So how do you deal with kind of the lows that baseball throws you? Because baseball is not always fair, right? Like there are times where your performance isn't necessarily why you're maybe being sent down. You just have options or whatever it may be. How did you develop the perseverance that you have currently at this state in your career? Uh, I mean, I guess it's just going through everything for the most part. <laughs> but um, it's just one day, you know, I just kind of realized, not, I mean, long ago, but a certain amount of time that, like, I just have to just trust in, like, the greater process of everything. You know, I have to be happy with my day-to-day with myself first to understand that, like, I can't let other things affect it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's going to be times where I get sent down and it might be because numbers or whatever else and I might get called up and I'm not pitching well and somebody else is I've seen it on both sides and it's just like if I let that affect me and what I'm doing what I'm trying to do and like what goals I'm trying to reach then I'm never going to reach my goals so it's like taking like kind of a, a sense of peace knowing that I've tried my best and I have to be happy as I can every day to even make other people happy to reach the ultimate goals that I'm trying to reach. Because if I'm sitting there being negative about those things, then it literally deflates everything I'm trying to do. But if I continue to try to be positive and work on like what I'm trying to get to that day, it might be okay. Like just a down day and just trying to be happy that day. If I'm trying to be happy, then it helps other people around me be happy and you get a sense of extra energy to a certain degree where you can accomplish more things. And so I try to just do that where if I'm positive, then regardless of what happens, I can react positively to it because I know ultimately I can't control the ultimate outcome because I mean, there, there might be some circumstances that 
might happen. You know, as long as I continue to do positive things and try to do my actions as positively as possible, then I should get positive results. If not, I can live with it, you know. <laughs> I like the idea though that that energy is kind of contagious. Like you kind of touched on it, right? When when you're around yeah. a positive person, you just tend to lean positive in a lot of cases. And it it really does affect the clubhouse that way. No, hundred percent. And that's what that's what I try to do every day. I try to bring that and try to just bring that to the clubhouse, bring it to everybody I meet just in general. Because like I said, if one person can like make a positive difference and give somebody some somebody else positive energy then that person can go off and then you never know and you spread that and then like yeah you said, you're you playing the, telephone the room. <laughs> exactly you spread it through a clubhouse you spread it through just people in general and i feel like that's what makes you know better things happen in just this world in general you know like you look at our clubhouse and you look we have kk Bo. And you see a whole bunch of people that smile all the time. So it's a great atmosphere. And it's a bunch, like I said, it's a bunch of love and a bunch of happiness all the time. And it makes you want to be there. And it's infectious to the point that you see all the reporters and coaching staff and the people around us all the time. They're like having a good time, too. And that's, you know, ultimately what I try to embrace is like I'm playing this game because I love it. So I want to share that love and emotion and everything else with everybody else because I want other people to love this game, too. So ultimately, it's just, you know, spreading the love and happiness that we can to, you know, hopefully somebody else sees me playing baseball and sees how much I love it. They go out and find what they love to do, too, and, you know, change the world. You know what I mean? So it's just finding what you love to do and then, you know, making the world a better place piece by piece and enjoying it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're positive, then you're enjoying stuff, right? So I mean, good or bad, you can only react two things and if you react positively then it should be good like you can change change a negative like feeling to kind of a neutral feeling if you add positivity to it so that's how i kind of kind of try to react to everything jay when you when you look back let's say 15 years your mentality has changed since then is my guess this took a while for you to develop this it it took a while. Um, I think it was just like a couple moments in my life that just kind of changed it where it's like, okay, I saw how I reacted before and I saw that it was negative and like I saw that like I didn't get any good results from that. And then, you know, a couple times I just was laying in bed or laying on the couch and I'd just be thinking like, okay, like if I could just have this happen, then I can I'll be happy with this. And then that thing happened and I was like, okay, I'm happy. Okay. If I continue to be happy, then what could possibly happen at this point? And so from there, it's just like, okay, I can only be happy with myself. And then if I'm happy with myself and people see that, hopefully, you know, they get that sense of being happy too and see how happy I am. And, you know, and that changed into every time I've been changed to a team or anything else, it's like, okay, well, that's fine. That means like you didn't want me. So somebody else did. So I'm going to be happy that somebody else wanted me and I'm going to go give them my best because they've shown me that they care enough about me to like accept me and try to love me and be happy with me. So if that's the case, then I'm going to be happy too. And I'm still playing baseball. So just take it as positive as possible. Jay, I yeah, love it's how a, many, it's a, it, I, oh, sorry. sorry. I love how many of your answers for how do you do this? You're like, well, I mostly did it the wrong way to start with and then learn from that. 
Um, 100%. It's always a learning process. And it's always a learning process. And then, I mean, that's life, though. Honestly, like, life is just learning. And, again, you can react negatively to it and take the process and take whatever lesson you get from it and treat it bad and either go down or up pretty much. You know what I mean? That's the way you got to look at it. Like, Mm -hmm. you can't control everything that happens, but you can control how you take everything that happens. So if you take something in and push it back out positive, I feel like it's okay. So, you know, if you, you can take something positive in and turn it negative too. Though. So I just try to take what I get and turn it as positive as possible and just see what happens. I mean, if you do good and give good to things, then hopefully you get good out. <laughs> so you had numerous chances to sign with other organizations since the Blue Jays originally brought you in in the spring. And you decided to stick with the fold in Toronto. Is this what you envisioned when you chose to stick with this organization's big bullpen spots in August on a contender? Yeah, that that was the main reason when we first talked and they reached out to me during the offseason. They were actually the first team to reach out at free agency to tell me that they were interested. And so they told me that I was going to be a big part of this team. So that was the whole point was to be a huge part of this team and be in big situations and, you know, just try to take advantage of those opportunities that are given to you. And hopefully I have been. And so hopefully I get more, like I said, I want to be a part of something bigger and I want to just be able to help whenever they need me to big, small, whatever. I just want to be able to do my job and get us to a championship. So you, it's wild looking at your baseball reference, man, because you have played all over the world. Like it is really impressive. The places on this planet that you have thrown a baseball. So I'm going to name some places you have played and I'd love to hear your impression of the place itself and what stood out to you about the baseball while you were there. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So we're going to start, we're going to start with, Buffalo, New York. Very cold at the beginning and end of the year. Um, Buffalo is definitely, I can see why people love it during the, during the summer months, like the three or four months during the summer when it's not raining um, and it's not cold. But I can see how people love their sports there. It's a great town. Um, great chicken wings too um as far as baseball <laughs> i've heard yes <laughs> yeah so as far as baseball when you get baseball in it's good but <laughs> uh it's a little chill i've i've had some good experiences there but before i've actually played there this year all my experiences there has been like it's been absolutely miserable every time i've played so <laughs> we're we're it's 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 gradually getting better for me in buffalo <laughs> do you find jay that you pitch better in warmer weather or is the weather kind of irrelevant once you're in the game? I feel like every pitcher will tell you they pitch better in warmer weather, unless I guess guys like lived and were born in colder weather. But yeah, I feel like I do. I mean, I just, I feel like you feel looser, even regardless of how much you warm up, you just feel looser. And then me being older now, I definitely like warmer weather, but (laughs) 
but it, it helps definitely a lot. And then for me, like humidity helps too, just with the being able to grip the ball a little bit better here and there. So warmer weather definitely helps a little bit, but it's going to be the East Coast preference with me personally. Yeah, I definitely love warmer weather. Okay. Well, on in that vein, then the next on my list is Mazatlan, Mexico. Loved it. That was one of my favorite places to play. Um, I was kind of disappointed when they traded me to the other team I played for in Mexico, but that was my second year ever playing winter ball. And I got to live on a beach and just like, that was after I truly became it. That was the first year I became at peace kind of with being happy with myself and letting everything start falling into place. And that was the team that I signed with. So I was like, okay, it might be meant for me to play baseball if I get to live on a beach and play baseball <laughs> after, you know, asking the man upstairs what his plan for me was. I was like, if you want me to play baseball, like just show me the way and put me in a situation where I can provide for my family enough to to have this be my career. And two days later, I got a call from Mazatlan. I was like, all right, I guess this is what we're doing. I go down to Mazatlan and it was amazing. Um, that was one of the happiest times I played baseball, I could say. So that's what I take from Mazatlan. It was, it was happy. That was a happy spot. How is, how is the quality of baseball in the Mexican leagues? During the winter, it's, it's all there. It's kind of like the Dominican and Venezuelan winter leagues where all their big name guys, it's kind of like their big leagues for that time. Their summer is like mm-hmm. their minor leagues kind of. And then you see a lot of big name guys going over there during the summer now, but during the winter, it's like all their guys, like their famous guys come home and play like their big league guys will play to get ready for the next season and stuff. So for me, the quality of baseball during winter league was always really good because you had their top guys normally playing unless the organizations didn't let them. Okay. Next on the list, Hiroshima, Japan. Loved it. I love the culture over there. Baseball is, they played a lot more small ball. But I love the culture over there. Love the baseball. Love the people over there. Had a great time. The baseball was fun. It was, like I said, it was a lot more small ball, though. Um, especially later in the game, when I would throw in, like, the seventh, eighth, ninth inning, it would literally be if a guy got on, they're bunting him over and then trying to score, like, every time. It didn't matter. They might even bunt him the third. It was crazy. How does that, how does that change your pitching approach? Like, how different is pitching to Japanese hitters? Are they, are they approaching things a little differently besides just the small ball? Like, how do you approach that? I mean, not necessarily. You don't approach them any different to a certain extent. Like, you try to be more around the zone because they are more patient from time to time. But you just – still, for me, I – just try to attack and just, again, see what happens. I feel like if I throw a good pitch, no matter where, like what league, where I'm at, after I throw the pitch and if it goes where I want it to go, then there's nothing else I can do about it. Like if he makes a good swing on it or if he misses it, like whatever happens, happens. You spent four years in Japan. Tell me about you then in 2019 went to the Brewers. So I, I'm curious about Milwaukee, your impression there and how that played out. Did they come knocking on your door? Were you being scouted? How did you winding up in Wisconsin happen? It's actually funny how that happened. It was actually disappointing. Not that I signed with Milwaukee, but it was disappointing that whole off season, kind of like what happened because, you know, I had had three good years in Japan before that. And then, after that third year, I was technically a free agent to 
go chat with any teams pretty much anywhere, I believe, because they told me I wasn't coming back, which was kind of weird because I'd had a good year and we won three championships. But, you know, I didn't hear from any Japanese teams. I barely heard from any American teams. And I was, like, looking around, and the numbers I had put up in Japan compared to some of the guys I had seen signed back in America, I was just wondering why I wasn't getting, like, you know, the same same respect, I guess, however you want to put it. And then I was like, you know what, I'm going to wait it out and see what happens. And I actually signed and my son was born in 2000. My son was born in Japan, was born in 2018. And I actually signed with the Brewers like two days before spring training, like early February. And I had to fly directly from Japan all the way to spring training like the next day so i had to pack everything up and go so that was fun but that's how i ended up there and then it was kind of like again earning my spot there it was kind of like last man on the totem pole in triple a kind of thing and then slowly climbed the way up and then i had a good year and then you know it it worked out (laughs) (laughs) i was actually really after that after that season i was really hoping that the Brewers going to resign me, but we just didn't end up working on a contract that we could agree on. Um, the Japanese team, I went back to Japan after that just because they ended up offering me a better deal. So that was really the only reason I really wanted to stay with the Brewers after that because I had a great time there. I, they treated me well. The Brewers fans were great. The front office there was great. Uh, it just it sucks that it didn't work out. I missed, missed a couple more years of being in the big leagues here. <laughs> Well, we'll end on this one. And uh, I mean, you probably know where I'm going with this, but Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I love it there so far. I can't say enough, first of all, about the fans and the people that have shown so much support and love to me and my family throughout this process. And just for me being there and seeing how they've accepted me. But Toronto is awesome. I need to go explore it more. I need more information and ideas on where to eat and things to do while I'm there. I know it's hard for me to get out more places now just because I'm back and forth so much between there and seeing JR down here. But just the people I've met and the things I've seen and how like clean and kind of peaceful it is there is it's amazing. And then the people love their sports. So that's so much fun to see how intense they get when you start talking about baseball or hockey especially hockey or you talk about the Raptors <laughs> yeah. or something like that it's awesome to see how how they embrace it and everything like that so I love it I need to get out more but hopefully I'll be back next year and hopefully a year after and you know I can get out and explore me and my family can explore some more and get to see see more more things about the city but so far it's been nothing short of amazing Well, I know our good friend, and you've been on his podcast as well, Locked On Blue Jays, Craig Ballard. I know we're doing uh, a live show, Baseball Town, that if you're around, you were planning on maybe coming down. And if you do, I will load you up with all sorts of places you should go and see in Toronto. (laughs) For sure, for sure. I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely going to try to make it as long as I'm available and I'm there and I'm still with the big guys. Well, fingers crossed, Jay. That's it. (laughs) But um, hopefully I can still, they still need me there and I'm helping. I'm serving my purpose to be there that, you know, I'll be able to come by and stop by and see you guys. Well, you're sure making a strong case for it, Jay. You're doing (laughs) your job. Awesome. Um, I'm trying my best. I've got a question for you here. And I know what a broad question 
question this is, but I kind of like asking experts in their field a broad question <laughs> and just kind of seeing right. where they take it. But in your opinion, what makes a good pitcher? Like from stuff wise or just like in general, like how broad more are in more in, in the general terms of things, because I know you have literally seen millions of pitchers. You've faced millions of batters. You've been in a bunch of clubhouses. What is, is there one thing that you can kind of draw a line through most successful pitchers that they have? Competitiveness um, of fire that they have to, to want to play and want to pitch. Um, to want to compete against the other guy in the box. Like that's what all good pitchers have. It's like, they have that competitiveness. Like it doesn't matter if they're feeling down that day or if they don't have their best stuff or if they have their greatest stuff or whatever else it's, I'm going to go out there and compete because guys respect that so much. And if you go out there and compete, like it's just in you as yourself to do that. And so I would say that competitiveness just to be like, all right, like I'm out there like for the, not only for, me but for the boys for the team getting this win like it's just something that like every great pitcher has you can tell guys that don't want to be out there that day and they don't compete and you know those guys normally don't have long careers <laughs> but <laughs> um if you go out there and just compete a lot of good things happen because if you compete i feel like you have confidence in yourself and when you have confidence in yourself you do more good things and more positive things happen so I would say, yeah, definitely competitiveness is like the number one thing I would say. I love that. Can you think of a example that exemplifies the competitiveness in a pitcher? Oh, God. Honestly, as much as the Blue Jays, I mean, not the Blue Jays, not the Blue Jays, the Dodgers was Urias in the World Series, his first World Series when he pitched like four games. Like he was a rookie yeah. or whatever, right? And that yeah. that's that's impressive. Like that's you going to be just competitive. Like, hey, like you need me to take the ball. Like I'm gonna go out there and give you what I got, and they want. Like you know what I mean? You see it yeah. with Bassett every time when he had his baby, and then he goes out there competes, and then flies back and same thing. You know what I mean? I would say you could throw me in there when the doubleheader in Chicago, you know, that's, we're going out there and compete. I might, I'm not the greatest pitcher in the world, but I'm going to go out there and I'm going to compete. You know, I didn't sleep, had an extra inning game the night before, get to the doubleheader. We have an extra inning game the first <laughs> game of the doubleheader. <laughs> and then I pitched the second game and then try to get home, you know, and then, I mean, you see guys, you know, going through things, pitchers pitching hurt, you know, just battling every time Romano going out there competing when his back's not feeling the greatest right now. You know what I'm saying? Those things, you, those guys are the guys you want to be behind. And those guys are normally the ones that you see help teams get to world series all the time. Like I said, Yuri's is a prime example. Like they just rode him out because he was out there competing, you know, Kershaw over the past couple of years, he hasn't been able to pitch at his level all the time, but he goes out there and competes, you know, Verlander, Scherzer, like you see them, you hear about them all the time. Like when they get out there, it's a different feeling. Like, you know, they're going out there, going to work, and it's just the competitive fire that you're like, okay, like I'm in for a battle today, regardless. If he doesn't have, if he doesn't have three of his pitches out of four, you know, he's going to go out there and you might still get no hit with him throwing one pitch. You don't know how it happened, but it's just because he competed and just something in there. Like it's, 
<laughs> yeah. The compete. Urio is a great example. It made makes me think of Mad Bomb back in 2014, too. Just like 100%. watch the ball. All the time. He's out there every time you see, every time you saw the Giants pitch in a game or Mad Bum throwing three, throwing four, <laughs> yeah, starting yeah. the next game. Like, like, okay, <laughs> are you okay? Like, no, just give me the ball. We're good. We'll figure it out. Like, but they won. I mean, they won three with him and Buster there. Like, not just as a pitcher, but having a battery mm. where you both compete together. Like, as quiet as Buster was, and I'm glad I did get to pitch to him. As quiet as he was, the man's fire and how he went about his business was un- incredible. You know what I mean? I never got to meet Bad Bum, but you see, like, guys that just want to compete. Like, you look at that team I was on in 2021 with the Giants. We didn't have the greatest team, but we competed every day. And just like, like you look at this Blue Jays team right now that we had, you know, if Tampa Bay doesn't get as hot as they do at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. we're right there, too. We're right there with them, the Orioles. And you see it with us. We compete every day. Our pitchers compete. They put a lot of guys. And I think that competitiveness comes, again, from a lot of the love and positivity and energy that we have with each other, that we enjoy playing together. So, you know, that's the support. And, like, again, I thank those guys for allowing me to be a part of that, too, and help me bring out more competitiveness to want to be and play with them. So uh, the support and love from them, the fans, the front office, like, it's unmatched for sure. So we need you to confirm something here about the clubhouse because uh, there's a rumor going around that Tim Meza is the funny man of the of the of the clubhouse. Is he the funny man of the clubhouse, Jay? Tim's got some dynamite one-liners. He has, he has some dynamite drop-ins. Oh my god, Tim! Tim's awesome. He's quiet, and then he'll just drop it and be like, what? "Like." Tim, like it's awesome. Tim, Tim's <laughs> up there. We have a lot of good characters. We have a lot of characters out there, but Tim's definitely Tim's one of my favorite people in there. Like he he's definitely a funny guy. Awesome, love to hear it. Who's the biggest ball buster on the team? Someone who teases a bunch. Oh, let's see. Chappie has his days. <laughs> Heide- Heidelman will have his days too when he's up there. Oh. Let's see, ball buster. Uh, Romano will do it from time to time, too. I think hitters do it more than pitchers do it, though. I think hitters do it to each other more than they do it to pitchers, too. Um, but Tim gets his balls busted a lot, though. That's funny. That's actually <laughs> oh, funny. That's they, funny. They, everybody, all the hitters get on Tim for some reason, which is funny. It's hilarious. But, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just everybody just rags on each other whenever we all just do stupid stuff together. I mean, it's like a big – it's a big family. You know what I mean? When you have your brothers together, you're all going to just goof around and rag on each other and bust each other's balls whenever you get a chance. Cause I mean, you have to have that. And that just shows that you care about each other. You know what I mean? And you love each other and you want to see the best side of each other. Okay. So we do have a bunch of listener questions for you. So we don't wish to, uh, we better move along here. I'll give you one more question before we throw to Adam here for, for the listeners. Uh, Oh, that's fine. And I mean, you have been in dozens of different bullpens throughout your career. Is there one that kind of stood out to you as the most fun and maybe most fun is the wrong way of putting it, but a bullpen where you, there was the most shenanigans or you guys killed time in the most interesting way. The couple times I was with the Braves bullpen last year when I was at home, like we had this like little basketball goal that we would all just like do random stuff on. And that was a good bullpen. 
I mean, I would say any big league bullpen I've been on has been amazing just because of the hijinks and different people that you have in it. Um, but because there is more uh, hijinks in a bullpen than most people think, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. I think the Brewers bullpen I had a couple of years ago was that's that's probably one of my favorites, just for the simple fact that you know I had Matt Adam, Matt Adams that no, not Matt Adams, Matt Albers. I had Matt Albers there with me. We had Junior Guerra, me, Devin Williams, Josh Hader's hilarious in a bullpen. Like when he's like, especially when he's down that day, like. Hater will start just start cracking jokes. He's not as serious, so it's awesome too. Um, this bullpen, we haven't had a lot of shenanigans yet. We have a lot of guys are focused right now. Like it's like we're we need we need to win this division right now, or at least like push forward towards that. So it's not as many hijinks right now, but you you'll get random just jokes and random like little hijinks here and there like somebody takes somebody's hat hides a glove you know somebody <laughs> can't like takes them forever to warm up because they're looking for their glove for like right like an extra five minutes you know people are forgetting stuff like knocking stuff over all the time like you know uh it's just it's just being outside and just being with your boys like you never know what's going to happen so uh a lot of the triple a bullpens i've been on have been amazing just the guys i've met through the years playing triple a in the minors just like enjoying that life together and you see and how you grow up with each other and just make shift of stuff and the different games you see in minor league bullpens like quarters and giving balls away for quarters people giving like um <laughs> like rock paper scissors things of that nature just you see how many kids generally come up and approach you more in a triple a bullpen than in a big league bullpen so you get a lot more trash talking and a lot more kids coming up and you know it's always fun to be out there you don't get to enjoy it as much if you're in the dugout as you do in the bullpen you don't get that interaction as much this insight has been great jay thank you so much honestly dude we could talk baseball with you all day long i know that you uh there's you have other things waiting for you <laughs> there's pancakes uh, yeah. waiting for you so <laughs> yeah. stepdaughter's been coming to the window looking at me while i've been doing this like okay like <laughs> teasing you, you while eating your pancakes okay jay we're gonna we're gonna throw to adam here we've got a few listener yeah. questions for you we'll let you get on with your day again thanks so oh, much for joining us oh thank you for having me for sure Look. All right. Uh, first one comes in from Forbesy Jr. wants to know how does it feel to be the first J to play for the Blue Jays. I did fact check this, that's... by the way. We have we've had two Jasons in our Blue Jays history, but you're the first. But J. not a J. That's awesome. Um, it's <laughs> hilarious that I'm the first J. That there's never been there hasn't been another one. So I guess I get to be in Blue Jays history yeah. for at least one thing. Sure. Um, that's right. Hopefully I get. So, but it's it's awesome. It, Hopefully, once little JR gets up and old enough, he gets to become a Blue Jay too, and maybe he'll be the second. There That's right. Oh, we'll be there. The, you go. Oh, there you go. We All do right. love our bloodlines in Toronto, so <laughs> who knows? <laughs> we sure do. I'm hoping so. Yeah, I hope maybe, he's better. Maybe hope, teach him to throw with his left there. hand, eh? <laughs> well, hey, we'll see. You never know. I want him to be. I want him to play outfielder infield. So we'll see. Hey, there you Whatever go. Love all right, next one comes from Original Blunt Smoking. says, Hey, Jay, hope everything's well with your family. Uh, you've been pitching some of the best baseball of your career since coming to the Jays. What has been driving your motivation over the past few seasons, especially when playing time hasn't always been guaranteed? Just the love of the game. You know, being able to play 
this game still and enjoy it. I've always said, I told my dad, and he's the one who instilled this in me, and then I reiterated that to him, that as long as I love playing, as long as I'm having fun playing, then I'm going to keep playing as long as they give me opportunities to. So the motivation is just, again, to show my love and appreciation of the game because, you know, God gave me the ability to do this, to show it and share it to other people. So the motivation is, like, hopefully, like I said, it it inspires somebody else to either play baseball and have a love for baseball or find their love for baseball or just find their love in whatever they want to do because they see how much I love the game as well. So that's the motivation. It's just to drive the next the next person to enjoy their life too. Awesome. Uh, okay, Mustard Tiger says, what is the toughest point of your career so far and how did you push through it? Ah, uh, there's been different ones. I'd say through different stages of the career, there's been different tough points. You know, there's a point when I think, what was it, 2010, 2009, 2009, 2010, I was really contemplating quitting baseball. So that was one of the tougher points because I got sent down from double A to high A after I had made the double A all-star team. So I was like, if this is what baseball is going to be about, then I'm going to quit. Uh, didn't happen, obviously. <laughs> oh, but that was but it did turn out point. that is what baseball is about. <laughs> <laughs> true, true, for the most part. But uh, from there you go to, like I said, being engaged and having to plan a wedding and try to provide for a family on a minor league salary and not knowing what to do. And then again, trying to figure out if baseball is going to be the answer or if I'm going to have to go into another situation. Cause man, that's a tough point too. And then I guess tough point was coming back from Japan. And when I signed with the Brewers and not, you know, having the offers I thought I should have when, you know, I had a sub three ERA and stuff in Japan and, Things happen. And then tough point is being traded after being with the Giants and they pick up my option and then I get traded to the Braves. It's like, okay, like, did I do something wrong? Like, it's just, there's, there's a bunch of tough points. It's just, again, how you react to those tough points to a certain degree. I could have, you know, I could have quit, but it's, you just push through them to, again, see the, see the positive in it. Like I said, somebody else wants you. You still have a chance to play. I still love playing, so we're going to just try to make the best of it. Awesome. Um, okay, last one here comes from Mr. Krister. Uh, so your numbers this year have been off the charts uh, elite here. Your ERA, 053. You have a whip of 0706. Uh your ERA yeah, plus a is, is walks or hits. We like eight, it. <laughs> you have an ERA plus of 800, which is uh, <laughs> just insanity. Anyway, so Mr. Christer says, is there anything specific that Pete Walker has done for your development slash improvement? And if not, is there a teammate on the Jays that has had an impact on your development and uh, improvement this season? I think it's, again, the opportunity one. Um, and two, it's been the support that they've shown, especially Pete. Pete's been unbelievable with his encouragement and the way he's treated me throughout this whole process. Even during spring training, they're like, we want you here. We like your stuff. And just being able to encourage me and give me the confidence to go out there and do my best. And like I said, them showing me that love and support has been able for me to be like, okay, like I want to try to make sure I give them everything I have. And I guess in that coincidence, 
is these numbers have progressed themselves to be what it is. So I don't know if it's much of a development as much as it's the support and wanting to do my best all the time. I mean, and yeah, these numbers are great, uh, but I mean, I'm not, I feel like I'm not doing anything any really different than I have been in my whole career, you know, just attacking and trying to get out. You know, you look at, try to sustain this over a whole year that's that's tough to have a point five. i mean most guys aren't pizza. like is you know it, what i mean is it like, hard that's tough <laughs> it's tough you know what i mean i mean but you look at the years like i've had over the past honestly like six seven eight years i haven't had a lot of years where i've had high eras i've been mm-hmm. in the ones and twos for the most part for the past like seven years at the levels i've been in uh, especially at the highest levels i've had to be at those years i feel like i've done that so it's just been trying to just be that consistent is just trying to find ways to be better every day and trusting yourself so it's not i wouldn't say it's it's not necessarily things that they've helped with development more of the support and everything they've given me to be confident being myself and i can't thank them enough for that um it's not only pete it's definitely the guys in the locker room it's been the fans so far it's been everybody but especially Pete and the guys in the locker room just be able to be like, hey, Jay, hey, continue doing you. Like, we're going to be behind you. We support you. Like, we're going to – and like I said, we're locked and loaded. And like I said, we're trying to get this this World Series championship. And that's – I'm just trying to help as much as I can. Jay, it has been an absolute pleasure to chat some baseball with you. All the best to you over the rest of the season and the rest of the boys in the clubhouse. All the best to your wife and JR, and we're rooting for everyone in the family. And again, all the best, and thanks very much, man. No, thank you guys for having me, for sure. It's a pleasure being on here. Like I said, anytime you guys want me to be on or whatever else I can do to help, just let me know. Absolutely, and fingers crossed we see you in Toronto in a month, buddy. Yeah, for sure. I'm looking forward to it. I definitely want to be there. All right. Cheers. (laughs) All right, man. Take care of yourself. All the best. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you.